I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Do you know why there's so much discouragement in the body of Christ? Can I be honest? Because there's a lack of personal, intimate, Time alone with Jesus. And as leaders, you know, we have been pulling and encouraging and strengthening and preaching and doing what God has called us to do. And We've done the best we can with what we've got, and the Holy Ghost is requiring more of his church's body, and he's requiring them not to stand outside the tent door like the children of Israel did with Moses when Moses would go into the presence of God and get the word of God and spend time in the presence of God. He's requiring his church and his body to begin to arise and enter into that secret place of prayer so that he can begin to download some things into them that heretofore he hasn't been able to. I believe that there is a revival of a prayer movement. I believe that God wants to touch people fresh and anew. I I believe that in a sense, the church as a whole is bored with religion as usual. That we've created our own form of uh, having church. And any leader in here, and I know all of you, we all want a move of God. We all want what God wants. We all desire what God desires. We want the real thing, the real deal. We want God. We don't want anything else. But it's going to take a fresh movement. It's going to take God arising within his church, Zechariah 12, 10, with the spirit of grace and supplication. But we've got to pray that people have a desire first to pray. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know about you, but I've never heard myself say it till about a month ago. And we had a prophetic prayer call, and that's what the Holy Ghost said. He said, take the lid off. And I was like, what are you talking about? Were you on that prayer call? Un- un- incredible prayer call. He said, take the lid off. I said, well, what do you mean by that? What? What is this thing that I feel on the inside of me? See, I'm a prayer leader, so it can be kind of annoying sometimes. You can be seated. It can be kind of annoying sometimes. You can keep playing, Angel. It can be kind of annoying sometimes because you feel, you know, you feel the heartbeat of God and you sense what he wants to do. And then on the other hand, the flip side, you sense what the church is, is experiencing. And it's trying to discern how do you put that together? How do you have the mind of God and how do you reach 
speak accurately and not presumptuously. Are you listening to what I'm saying right now? And the Holy Ghost said to me about a month ago, he said that we need a revival of the prayer movement. I said, really? Are you kidding me right now? He said, it's like Hosea 10, 10 something. Break up the foul ground. It's time to seek the Lord. What's that scripture? Hosea 10 something. Google it. He said, it's time to seek the Lord. Till what? Till he comes and rains righteousness upon us. But he's not going to come raining on anybody unless we start praying. Come on, listen to me. We want the rain in the time of the latter rain. Lord, send the rain in the time of the latter rain. We desire in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But you know, God's people, he said, if my people would stir themselves up, Isaiah 64, 7, and take a hold of me, I could do what I desire to do. But I can't respond unless my people are hungry. If my people aren't hungry, I can't respond. Now we have a remnant of people that are hungry for God. We have a remnant. Thank God for the remnant. We got a lot of stuff going on just like everybody else. But we have decided that we are going to follow Jesus all the way. And that means laying down your life. That means self-sacrifice. That means giving up some of your time and giving it to Jesus. It is time to seek the Lord. Till what? Till he comes and rains righteousness upon us. And then I'll tell you what happens. Then the leaders, you know, what happens to the leaders is they start to feel the burden of the people. Then they feel the warfare from the enemy. And then they start to get discouraged. Don't tell me that's not happening because I can tell you straight up it's happening. You don't want your leader to get discouraged. Let me tell you something, church, who's listening to this on the internet. I'm going to tell you straight up, you do not want your leader to get discouraged. You got a discouraged leader and you got a problem. And I am a traveling minister and I travel in all different circles. I'm thankful I'm not just stuck to one circle. Because not every circle, not one circle has it all. Hello? See, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. Not one circle has it all. And I travel in a lot of circles. And it's really fun. Because you could be all things to all men. That you can win them. And then you could give them something that you have. They can give you something that I need. Because there's different circles, listen, that have different measures of the anointing. And when we all start walking together in unity, God said, I'm going to really start commanding my blessing. And when my people get out of pride, then I'll really start commanding my blessing. See, I know I don't have it all. See, I'll tell you it straight up. With me, I know where I fail. I know I got a thorn that sticks by me really close. And that, that the, my weaknesses and that thorn help keep me in a place of humility. Because I am daily dependent on God. 
I know who I am. And I know about the thorn that I got following me around. And I know who God is. Then I wish sometimes it, sometimes it would just, all of it stop. And then, you know, we could be this perfect vessel, you know, meet for the master's use, you know, the whole scripture, which we want to be. But you know that in our weaknesses, he is made strong. In our weaknesses, we rely on his grace. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Just rely on me and nothing else. Because I am working a work in my people that have said yes to me that if it were told them, it would be like a dream. But I travel a lot of different circles. And I can tell you straight up. Some of the most amazing leaders that I know, I'm thinking of one in particular, breaks your heart. My heart breaks for them. I sit there like this. You know how many times I've been on the phone like this, talking to another leader? Crying, sobbing. The most amazing leader, one of the most that I know, and you know who they are, it's a couple. They're both. He's an apostle, she's a prophet. Powerful tag team preacher, husband and wife. On the phone with her like this. And you know them, I know them. You know, you know them. When you spend a lot of time with them on the phone and just preaching, you know, leaders are the most precious people, in my opinion, on the face of this earth because nobody knows what they do behind closed doors except Jesus Christ himself and their, their spouse, if their spouse is in tune with them. Like this, crying sobbing now first she didn't want to call me and I'm like call me I'm gonna pray for you <laughs> told me the whole story this incredible warfare incredible discouragement built an amazing church and and she's like thinks she's a, her and her husband are failures love you honey she thinks her and her husband are a failure I'm sitting there really there's two sets of history books history books on this earth and history books in heaven what is God recording about our lives then I had to remind her You've got to live in the light of eternity. And when you live in the light of eternity, you'll keep enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You won't be moved by what you see. You won't be moved by what you hear. You will only be moved on one thing, and that's the vision that's in your heart and what did God say for you to do, and that's all that matters. I said to Paul, I don't even care. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's one people, 50 people, 500 people. None of it matters. What matters is, is your obedience to God. And one day, we will all stand before God, every single one of us, and we will give an account for our lives. 
They're probably going to play that at my funeral because I say it so often. And everybody will be cheering. Yay! Rick Joyner said something very interesting, and I quoted him in my book, Focus. He said, he said, you know, we look across, you know, we look at churches, and they got these mega churches. And people go, wow, they're successful. And then we've got these faithful, obedient pastors who stick with the flock, and they've got the same 25, 50, 75, 100 people. And we think, oh, that guy over there, hey, yo! He's got a church of 10,000. What a successful man. Could you tell me how to build a church? And then they have seminars. How to build a church. Rick Joyner says, he says, that small church over there, they have greater spiritual authority than that large church over there. It's not about numbers. It's about spiritual authority, and it's about your obedience to God. If you are in the right place at the right time, and God has told you to do what you're doing, you just keep doing it. Then it's not easy. Tell me about it. You just got to keep doing it. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your labors are not in vain. One day you're going to stand before God, and you're going to be like, all these people are going to come up to you and say, you mentored me, you trained me, you did all these things, and you don't even know what you did. Those of you that pray, you've prayed, Ellen, you've prayed about things and four things. You don't even know everything that you've accomplished in the spirit realm. See, because we see through a glass darkly. We don't see everything. We are in this world. We are not of the world. So when we pray, we don't realize that our prayers are working. We're just looking at the outward appearance and we're going, man, that guy's getting worse. Good, he's getting better. There's a flip side to the spirit realm. The spirit and the natural, you've got to flip it. It's more real than the natural. So when you pray, you're not only developing intimacy with God, right? You're also, you're changing things. My prayers avail much. Say that. My prayers avail much. You're changing things. I'm so over it. I've never been so over it like I am now. I am so over living for this world. I'll be honest. Well, we're going to be anyway. We redid my couple rooms in my house. <laughs> it's like, whatever. It used to excite me a little bit. You know, especially when you got a new family and all that. I get it. But, you know... They, the workers were in my house. And you know what I didn't like about it? It interrupted my time with God. I hate that. All these distractions. And you know, they're in my room and they're putting new cabinets in and they're doing all this stuff. It was two days. I didn't even care. I didn't even go in and look at it. 
Jesus. I said to the Lord, I finally went upstairs. All right, I'm going to go see what they've done. I opened the door. It's beautiful. All modern. Some of the latest stuff. I'm like, really? Now I got to press a button to turn my shower on? I hope I can figure it out. You know, it's this thing. Then you hit the button and it gives the temperature. I don't know what degree my shower is. Can I have my old shower? You are going to cross over into a new dimension. God is in, in, in opening up the eyes of your understanding and giving you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. There is an anointing in here, and this anointing in this room is bringing you to another dimension. There are new dimensions in God. There is one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. You are going into another dimension. You're not going to know it's what's happening in this moment. Mark my words. As you walk your days out in the days ahead, you're going to see that you've gone into another dimension. You're more conscious of the spirit realm than you are of this natural earthly realm. You're going into another dimension. That's why you're frustrated. You are frustrated, my dear, because you're going into another dimension and you've got the flesh or the human side and then you've got the spirit and it's warring against what God's desiring to bring you into this next phase and place of your life. Don't be concerned. Don't even think, consider it strange. It's actually pretty normal. Even Bill Johnson says it. When I heard Bill Johnson say it, I was so happy and excited that even he feels that way. He said, it's really hard sometimes to manage both worlds. We're in the world. We're not of the world. We're going into another dimension. And I'm going to tell you by the Holy Ghost, there's some people that are going to be left behind. Not that they're not going to make it to heaven. But God's not going to anoint them with fresh oil. And I have a word for you, by the way. We'll get to that later. God's not going to anoint them with fresh oil. He's just going to leave them where they are, stuck in the mud. You sound really mean and like a hard preacher. I think we need a little bit of, come on already. It's not about you. It's not about the self-life. It's not about prophesy to me. What about being soldiers of Jesus Christ and advancing the kingdom? So, walked into the room, really beautiful. You know, I wonder sometimes, am I all right? Do you ever do that? You know, when you have God in you, and you have a vision in you, and you have a call in your life, and you feel people, and you feel the heart of God, it just, it just, it's, 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 it's hard to, you know, how do you explain that? It just becomes more real. And I came downstairs, went to the kitchen sink, turned on the faucet. You know how you know when God speaks to you, you remember exactly what you were doing? I said to God, what's wrong with me? You know, am I ungrateful? Am I just ungrateful? Unthankful? Unappreciative? And you know what he said to me? 
as clear as a man speaks to a friend, he said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yes. and loses his soul? Live in the light of eternity. Remember who you are. Your real father is God. Your real home is heaven. We are only traveling through this world as temporary aliens? Are we aliens? Our body is our earth suit. The outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day by day by day. Live by what you see with the eyes of your spirit. Jeremiah, what do you see? These eyes tell one story. <laughs> and these eyes tell another story. That's why you get frustrated. You just get frustrated. And I'm going to tell you how it works, Garth. Sometimes you already see, way, you see things way ahead of time, and you want to be there. And God's saying it's not time yet. So then there's that transition time where you got to stay in the here and now, but still have your eyes set on what's above in the, in the future. That is very hard for a leader to do. Because we get all, <laughs> we get all, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I hear you. <laughs> Not only that, but if you live too much in the future, that's not time yet, you'll quit. You'll stop and you'll get discouraged. And then you won't be like the Apostle Paul that said, I have run the race, I have finished my course, and there's laid up for me a crown, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Brother Kennedy Hagan said one time, he said, some people live and die and never enter into the first phase of their ministry. Let's enter into the second, the third, and the fourth. Let's do it all. Thank you, Lord. I have, I have uh, another friend who uh, had an amazing church, her and her husband. And they had a great church. Let me tell you something. They were ahead of their times. They were prophesying. Actually, we all were in the early 80s. Remember the early 80s? We were prophesying and moving in the spirit and singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and flowing in that river of prophetic. 
They had the flags. They had it all going. They had it all. Dance. They had an amazing ministry. You know what happened? The devil got into their minds. Listen to me. It's here a little, there a little. A little bit of discouragement here, a little bit of discouragement there. That's why you got to live from the inside out. What is your heart telling you? You know, I get it. I go, no. And if you pray in tongues a lot, you'll really be strong. You'll really live from the inside out. You know why? Because your inner man is built up. Your inner being has gained the ascendancy. People get weak because they don't pray in tongues. Well, it's so simple to pray in tongues. It goes like this. You can play with your hair. You can look at your watch. Put the toothbrush in your mouth. You could be in the car. You could be with William. You could be praying in tongues. No matter where you are, you could pray in tongues. And you're edifying yourself. You're building yourself up on your most holy faith. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. And your inner man takes charge. Stupid flesh. What is the flesh? Mind, will, emotions. Who was it that said thought processes? One of you guys, or maybe I just heard it from somebody else. I don't know. It's all your thoughts that are not always your thoughts. Some of it's the devil. And you know what he does? He goes in and he goes, he takes that little weakness you have in your soul and he just, he shoots a fiery dart. And together that fiery dart and that weakness in your soul, which we all have, takes a hold and then it becomes a stronghold. That's why you got to get healed in your soul if you're going to be an effective leader. All these new leaders rising up in the land, I'm not impressed. They don't even know the Bible. It's really scary. The Bible says don't put a novice in the ministry. Half of them aren't even healed. So, you know, they had a great church. You know who I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, I'm not even going to tell you how many numbers they had because that doesn't matter. Remember, the Holy Ghost said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That fiery dart came at their mind and they took the thought. That's why Jesus said, don't take the thought. Don't take the thought. Don't take it. Anything that's not of peace is not from God. God said, the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. They took the thought. And the thought said, you're discouraged. You don't, you don't have a, ch- <clears throat> I can't say it because we're on camera. You don't have a church like so-and-so that lives in such a such a city and state. Well, they don't live in such a such a city, and they don't live in such a such 
such and such a state. There's different demographics, different kinds of people, different kinds of lifestyle. So it doesn't fit you, so it's not you. That's why the Bible says when you compare yourselves with other people, it's not wise. But insecure people, they do that sometimes, right? And that thought came again. Discouragement. Such and such and so and so has a church in such and such and such a place. And they have a lot more people than you. And you guys, have you been in the ministry just as long? And I don't understand why that's happening. Devil is a liar. If the devil can get to the head, he can get to the body. The Bible calls them fiery darts of the wicked. The Bible says, be not ignorant of Satan's devices. He will try to come and sift you as wheat and get you to get up, come out of your race and keep you from running the race that's set before you. The Holy Ghost, I'm on a lot of tangents here, but I'm getting them all back because the Holy Ghost is the perfect reminder. I was preaching last week in an amazing conference with the church of um, Joe Source's church his women's ministry. And God spoke to me while I was preaching. Don't you love it when that happens? He spoke to me while I was preaching. And you know what he said? He didn't say, I'll tell you, he didn't say, what he said a lot of things out of my mouth. And you know how it is when you preach, you're saying a lot of things out of your mouth because it's in your spirit and destiny is in your heart. Destiny is in your spirit. Zoe life, there's no time, no distance. Are you aware of that? Destiny, Ecclesiastes says, is in your spirit, in your heart. And so I was speaking out of my spirit. And what I found through my own preaching, that ever since I was a little girl, I started out as a little girl who used to sit in the back of my yard on an old tree stump, and I would sit in the back of my yard and I would look up into heaven or into the sky, really. And I wanted to see God's face. Who would ever think of that as a child? I just wanted to see God's face. Think about your life when you were a child. What was going on in your heart? Prophetic preaching will cause you to think prophetically about your own life. So then I was older, and what I used to do as a little girl is I would go into the bushes, and I used to be in a tight area in the, this one bush, and I used to like to be around the bushes, and in that little place outside, I would want to pray. I would pray, and I would talk to God. I used to always like to go into those tight places to be alone. <laughs> Do you know that my maiden name is Grotto? And you know what that name means? Cave. A cave. A grotto is a cave. Isn't that something how you can be named by God? If he knows how many hairs you have on your head, he's, and he, then he, the Bible also says he calls you by name. You are named by God. My other name is Marguerite. Do you know what Marguerite means? A pearl. Do you know how pearls are made? Google it. That's my life. Then after a while, you know, I went to a Catholic private school for a while till I was about in the fourth grade and I had an altar, don't get mad at me now, 
I had an altar, and I had the Virgin Mary, and I had flowers, fresh flowers that I would pick, and I would pray the rosary in front of my altar, and I would pray to Mary almost every day. And then the good part is there was an Our Father tapped on, tacked on the end. <laughs> Obviously, we realize now that it's unscriptural to pray to saints and the mother of Mary. But I didn't know. But you know, God sees your heart. He looks at the heart. And destiny was calling me. Destiny had something to say to me as a child. So in my heart, I had this heart for God. And then when I got older, as a teenager, I got rid of the altar. <laughs> Put my Steppenwolf peace sign up on the wall with the peace sign. Anybody know who Steppenwolf is? How old are you? Okay. And instead, I would pray in my bed. I had my rosary and I'd hide it under my pillow. Little did I know that I was a house of prayer. Little did I know as a little girl, destiny was calling me. Little did I know that there was something in me in regards to prayer. And that as an almost 60-year-old woman this month, God would call me to teach the world how to pray. Then he would join me with a husband whose desire from God was to finance the gospel. And he married me. <laughs> song show me your face Lord show me your face I'll sing it show me your face Lord show me your face and I sat down and I just was like oh my god and I got out my journal and you know, you know what he said to me he said to me, and I'm saying it to you for a reason. He said, I have watched over you and preserved you even unto this present hour. And I had flashbacks of me with Jacqueline in the front yard holding her and flashbacks of the twins and the triplets stole a stroller. Flashbacks of some things I went through. Flashbacks. All along, God was there. Don't ever doubt, honey, he's there. He is there. He's there. I promise you, he's there. He's there. He's there. You can't feel him like a human being. And sometimes it's like, I just wish I could have a hug. But God is always there for you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Oh, 
Umbrasa ki tarabosha tandarabasa. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Umbrasa ki tarabosha ta. I know, I know, I know. Umbrasa ki tarabosha. I think sometimes we are all very insensitive. People walk into our church, and we expect the pastor to do all the work. And all to the left and to the right, there are people hurting and wounded and need somebody to speak into their life. I think we need to, even in the area of finances, and let's not even get on that track. People have needs, and people turn a deaf ear. One time we were in a service, and you were there, and some guy was there, and I got permission from Joe Source, of course, because I asked him first and whispered. God told me to give him a truckload of money. All the money that was in my wallet, which I think at that time was a truckload-ish. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> Am I right? And the Holy Ghost said, give it to him. And Joe looks at me, Pastor Source. He looks at the guy. He goes, I didn't tell her anything. You know how Pastor Joe was. I didn't tell her. He's a tell. I didn't tell her anything. I think we need to be more sensitive to people's needs financially. Amen. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in your church, Father. So I prayed like that for quite a while after that visitation, continue in prayer, and I watch, and I'd have intercession here and there, and so on and so forth. And I said all this for a reason. And one day, I just started getting dissatisfied and discontent. And I was like, I'm dissatisfied and discontent by spending a lot of time with God every day? What is that? Dissatisfied? Everyone say, dissatisfied? and discontent. That's why you got to discern what's my soul and what's in my spirit. So if you're dissatisfied and discontent, God may want to do some new things through you. You just have to be open to the new thing. What is he saying about what he's saying to you? Is this flesh discontentment or is this maybe God wants to launch you out? Maybe you're like a tree, you're planted in a place and God has branches and he wants you to branch out because your gift is going to make room for itself and God's going to do some new things and cause some doors to open to you of their own accord. Because there's a lot of pastors, I can tell you straight up, that have a lot of treasure. And I believe he's going to begin to launch some out. So I was really discontent. And after like about a week or two of that, because you know, sometimes some of us are hard-headed, you know, we're like, why am I so discontent? It's two weeks, three weeks. Then I'm praying, and it's like, Listen, there's times we pray and it's dead. We, I get it. Because it's just dead. God spoke to me one time about something, then he stopped talking for six months. So figure that out. My friends all know about it. She's, God stopped talking for six months. It was an, an, unbelievable. The only way he spoke to me was through the word, but that's the best possible way. But do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just a test. So then the thought came to me, you know, that manuscript that's in your attic that you started writing 20 years ago, 
It was like in my thought, head, I thought, yeah, but it was really God's thoughts. He was causing my thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Get it out. What? That vision from 20 years ago? Dig it out. Get it out. I took out that manuscript, and we didn't have computers in those days, or did we? I don't even know. I think I typed it. Instead of praying for five hours, now I'm praying for a lot less and writing a book. Still in the presence of God. Still walking in destiny. Still walking in purpose. What's more important on a bird? The left wing or the right wing? We need both. What's more important? Prayer or meditating in the Word? And when you're writing a book, you're meditating in the Word. Thank you, Lord. Praise his holy name. Somewhere, don't let a lot of you be teachers. Right. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> yes, you don't want to. You want to be a teacher? You want to be a leader in the church? You better know who you are. You better be healed. And you better know that God is the one that puts you in that position. Otherwise, when the hard times come, which they will, you will not stand. you Lord father cause us to live by what we see in our spirits I'm gonna tell you another story are you all guys all right with this message I got nine I think ten pages this time of notes I was in a season in my life where what happened is I got really hurt. I was so hurt. I wish I had you as a friend. You would have helped me. All my friends forsook me. It was really bad. But I know you wouldn't have done that to me. I don't know why people can't just see people's hearts and just give people a break. We need to give each other a break. Absolutely. What the heck is wrong with us? <laughs> we bury our own wounded. Yeah, we I'll tell you what happened. Garth knows because he was in a meeting. When it came out of my mouth, I didn't know. I was teaching people how to pray, teaching intercession. And I was young and anointed and pioneered somewhat of a small prayer movement. And I heard the Holy Ghost say to me when I was preaching, the devil was just waiting till I got tired because he was going to take me out because he was so mad at what I was doing mm. and destroying the kingdom in the 80s. And the devil came in like a vengeance. And so I almost died. We are in a war. This is no joke. See, I'll tell you what happens. 
the devil sees your potential. And he's not afraid of what you are now, Garth. He's afraid of what you will become. Not that what we don't have now is good, but you all haven't, everybody in this room, you all haven't seen anything yet. God told us in November of 2015, he said, you got to listen to it, it's incredible. He said to us, the best years, my people, are yet ahead of you. And we are not that young. We've been waiting a long time. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost said, the best years are yet ahead of you. Absolutely. But when I peeled myself up off the ground, because all my friends in ministry forsook me, aren't you glad that Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always, even unto the end of this age. I decided, everyone say decided. decided. I decided I am going to seek the Lord. I decided my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I decided and understood that the word of God says he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I understood that he will never leave me, never forsake me, that he loves me with an everlasting love, that he is patient and he is kind. And then I discovered also that he could be a friend and a husband that sticks closer than a brother. And I decided I was going to go to him, run to him, run into his presence. When the poor and needy need water, I, the Lord, will answer them. I will not forsake them. So I started praying. Was it hard to pray? It was hard to pray. But I prayed anyway. You got to pray. Just start praying. Put worship music on. I worship you, Jesus. Could you see Jesus? I couldn't see him. But I knew he was there. Is Jesus here today? He's here. Our angels in this room, they're here. We just don't see him. Remember, we're in the world. We're not of the world. But there's a truckload of angelic activity in this room today. And I just began to develop my intimacy with Jesus again. You know, sometimes it's just got to be every day. You know, like that scripture, the steadfast love of the Lord never changes. It's new every morning. Sometimes it's every day. You got to pick yourself up and you got to walk into his presence. So I started praying. I used my spiritual imagination. I pretended I was like Mary at the feet of Jesus. And then I would worship him and talk to him. And, and, then, and then sometimes he talked back. And then I got my journal out. And I started writing things down. And, 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 and I just began to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Read a couple of books by T.D. Jakes. One in which is called Woman, Thou Art Loosed. And had visitations from the Holy Spirit. One day I, was, I walked into my prayer room after dropping the kids off at the bus stop. And I opened the door, because God knew, knows when you're coming to meet with him. He's watching us. And he's so excited, because he's like, they're coming to seek me. They're coming to pray. And he's excited. God's excited to see me. Yes, he's excited to see you. He created you for intimacy with him. 
He created you to fellowship with Him. That's why He created Adam and Eve. He wanted a family. I opened the door, and I opened the door to walk into my office. The glory of God hit me like a cloud, like Acts 2, the rushing mighty wind. And I felt the Holy Ghost come on me, and I got on my knees, and it was like, oh, my God, God's here. Well, he was there all along. You understand? Yeah. And I sat down and I just was like, oh my God. And I got out my journal and you know, you know what he said to me? He said to me, and I'm saying it to you for a reason. He said, I have watched over you and preserved you even unto this present hour. And I had flashbacks of me with Jacqueline in the front yard holding her, and flashbacks of the twins and the triplets stole a stroller, flashbacks of some things I went through, flashbacks. All along, God was there. Don't ever doubt, honey, he's there. He is there. He's there. I promise you, he's there. He's there. He's there. You can't feel him like a human being. And sometimes it's like, I just wish I could have a hug. But God is always there for you. People walk into our church, and we expect the pastor to do all the work. And all to the left and to the right, there are people hurting and wounded and need somebody to speak into their life. I think we need to, even in the era of finances, and let's not even get on that track. People have needs, and people turn a deaf ear. One time we were in a service, and you were there, and some guy was there, and I got permission from Joe Source, of course, because I asked him first and whispered. God told me to give him a truckload of money. All the money that was in my wallet, which I think at that time was a truckload-ish. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> Am I right? And the Holy Ghost said, give it to him. And Joe looks at me, Pastor Source, he looks at the guy, he goes, I didn't tell her anything. You know how Pastor Joe was, I didn't tell her, he's a tell, I didn't tell her anything. I think we need to be more sensitive to people's needs financially. Amen. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in your church, Father. So I prayed like that for quite a while after that visitation, continue in prayer, and I watch, and I'd have intercession here and there, and so on and so forth. And I said all this for a reason. And one day, I just started getting dissatisfied and discontent. And I was like, I'm dissatisfied and discontent by spending a lot of time with God every day? What is that? Dissatisfied? Everyone say, dissatisfied? and discontent. That's why you got to discern what's my soul and what's in my spirit. So if you're dissatisfied and discontent, God may want to do some new things through you. You just have to be open to the new thing. What is he saying about what he's saying to you? Is this flesh discontentment or is this maybe God wants to launch you out? Maybe you're like a tree, you're planted in a place and God has branches and he wants you to branch out because your gift is going to make room for itself and God's going to do some new things and cause some doors to open to you of their own accord. Because there's a lot of pastors, I can tell you straight up, that have a lot of treasure. 
And I believe he's going to begin to launch some out. So I was really discontent. And after like about a week or two of that, because you know, sometimes some of us are hard-headed, you know, we're like, why am I so discontent? It's two weeks, three weeks. Then I'm praying, and it's like, listen, there's times we pray and it's dead. We, I get it. Because it's just dead. God spoke to me one time about something, then he stopped talking for six months, so figure that out. My friends all know about it. She's, God stopped talking for six months. It was an, an, unbelievable. The only way he spoke to me was through the word, but that's the best possible way. But do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just a test. So then the thought came to me, you know, that manuscript that's in your attic that you started writing 20 years ago? And I was like, in my thought, head, I thought, yeah, but it was really God's thoughts. He was causing my thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Get it out. What? That vision from 20 years ago? Dig it out. Get it out. I took out that manuscript, and we didn't have computers in those days, or did we? I don't even know. I think I typed it. Instead of praying for five hours, now I'm praying for a lot less and writing a book. Still in the presence of God. Still walking in destiny. Still walking in purpose. What's more important on a bird? The left wing or the right wing? We need both. What's more important? Prayer or meditating in the Word? And when you're writing a book, you're meditating in the Word. Thank you, Lord. Praise His holy name. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.